you so much. We're going to go ahead. If you brought your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 28, if you would. Matthew chapter 28. I was praying, I, I want to share um, uh, Matthew's account of the resurrection, the first eight verses. And uh, as we look at a sermon that I simply entitled, As He Said, As He Said. Matthew chapter 28. Let's look at verses 1 through 8 as I share with you, as he said. Matthew 28, verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, at the first day of the week, began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the front, do from the front door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him, and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed, he is going before you into Galilee, and there you'll see him. And behold, I have told you. And so they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and ran to bring his disciples' word. If you'll notice in verse 6, He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place. Where the Lord lay. Heavenly Father, thank you for our time together this morning, a time of worship, time of praise, singing hymns, praise songs, and Lord, now to open your word. Speak to our hearts, allow your Holy Spirit to be our teacher and guide. Give me the words to say, the right spirit to say them in. I know your word as it goes forth will not return void. It'll accomplish what your purpose is. And so help me as I share your word this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to begin by just asking you a few questions, just for you to think in your mind. You'll have to answer out loud. But do you believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is true? Do you believe that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is true? Do you believe there was a literal, bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead? Do you believe that Jesus Christ died and that he was buried? and that he arose from the dead. Do you believe the fact of the resurrection uh, of Jesus Christ from the dead? Do you believe that as fact? Well, I suggest to you this morning that there are some who reject the fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. When you look at, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, you'll find Paul was having a problem in the church. Someone was telling a lie in the church that Jesus Christ had not been raised from the dead. And Paul addressed that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. They denied the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you remember the movie, A Few Great Men? A Few Good Men, I should say. A Few Good Men, they were starring Tom Cruise and, uh, and uh, uh, Nicholson, uh, Jack Nicholson. If you'll remember that movie, Nick, uh, Cruz played a Navy lawyer who questioned a Marine colonel played by Jack Nicholson. 
Cruz questioned the death of one of Nicholson's men, and there was a shouting match going on in the courtroom. And Cruz said this, he said, Colonel, did you order the code red? The judge said, now you don't have to answer that question. Nicholson said, I'll answer the question. You want answers? Cruz said, I think I'm entitled to them. Nicholson said, do you want answers? And Cruz said, I want the truth. And Nicholson said, you can't handle the truth. And that's where we are in America today. On one hand, we want the truth. We want doctors to tell us the truth. We want our spouse to tell us the truth. We want the courts to tell us the truth. We want airlines, sure, tell us the truth about this plane that I'm fixing to get on. We want advertisers, teachers, politicians. We want road signs to tell us the truth. If there's a curve, if there's a sign there, it says a curve ahead. We want it to be truthful. We want uh, medicine bottles to tell us the truth. We want food labels to tell us the truth. Newspaper journalists to tell us the truth. We want TV reporters to tell us the truth. We want the President of the United States to tell us the truth. However, many are not interested in the truth when it comes to morality and religion or Christianity. In fact, some just denounce religion altogether. And so the question is this. Why the contradiction? We want truth on one hand, we don't want truth on the other hand. So why the contradiction? When we're talking about morality, talking about God, heaven, hell, the Bible, that's for you, and it's not necessarily for me. If the doctor gives you some advice, gives you some advice you don't want to hear, you'll say, listen, doc, that's not for me. That may be for you, but that's not for me. If a stockbroker, our financial advisor, gives us some sound advice, he thinks it's sound advice, we don't say, hey, look, that may be for you, but that's not for me. No, we want that to be true. We would never say true for you, but not true for me. That'd be foolish to tell our doctor that or our financial advisor that. It may be true for you, but it's not true for me. So why the contradiction? Here's the answer. Because you don't want to be accountable to moral standard or to a holy God. You've allowed humanism and political correction to blind you that truth does not exist anymore. That everything is relative. You think there's no absolutes. It's just a matter of opinion. You ought not to judge me. Religion is about faith. It's not about fact, you say. But in reality, when it comes to morality, when it comes to Christianity and God, the Bible, you just can't handle the truth. Maybe Augustine was right when he said this, and I'll quote, We love the truth when it enlightens us, and we hate it when it convicts us. So first of all, if you're taking notes, what is truth? We're talking about truth this morning. What is truth? Write this down. That which describes an actual state of affairs. That's truth. That which actually describes a state of affairs. Truth is telling it like it is. An example would be Pilate in John chapter 18, verse 38, when Pilate said, I find no fault in him. That was true. If something is true, it's true for all people, all times, all places. Truth is discovered. 
Truth is not invented. Truth exists. It's independent of anyone else's knowledge. An example would be gravity. Gravity existed before an apple fell and hit Sir Isaac Newton in the head. Truth exists, independent of anyone's knowledge. Truth is transcultural. By that I mean true for all people, all places, all time. Two plus two is four. In America, Nicaragua, Romania, Japan, wherever you might be, that's true. Truth, listen, is unchanging. Truth is unchanging. Now, our beliefs about truth may change. At one time, we believed the earth was flat and it was round. At one time, we believed the earth was flat and not round, but truth didn't change. What changed? Our beliefs changed. Our beliefs cannot change facts. You're, you can believe the earth is flat, but the fact remains what? The earth is round. You can deny God, but the fact remains. There's a God. And I can show you detailed evidence that Jesus Christ was born, when he was born, where he was born, who his family was, when he died, how he died, that he was buried, and that he arose again on the third day. So the point is, your unbelief cannot change facts. Now, with that said, in regards to the resurrection, we have evidence of 12 appearances of the resurrected Christ where various people saw him, they heard him, they touched him, they ate with him, some saw his wounds. We're talking about presenting evidence that there was a literal body resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now you may have a theory that explains away the resurrection, but the point is this, there has never been any evidence from the first century to support one single theory that the resurrection did not happen. Never has been presented. But not only do you have to give evidence that the resurrection didn't happen, but you have to give evidence that Jesus did not perform 35 miracles that eyewitnesses can testify that he performed. So first of all, you have the definition, definition of truth. That which describes an actual state of affairs supported by evidence and not a theory. Truth is not relative, but it's absolute for all people, all times, and all places. And that's the definition of truth. So secondly, if you're taking notes, jot this down. The person of truth. Now you're familiar with John 14, verse 6. Jesus said this. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is what he said. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So Jesus says, I'm the truth. I am the truth. He sums up, he, he sums up all that is eternal and absolute in himself. I am the truth. Now, he did not only teach truth, but he said what? He said, I am the truth. So Matthew 28, verse 6 he is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay. 
Therefore, for the proof of the resurrection, we have the following. First of all, we have the testimony of the angel. He's not here, for he's risen. Then we have the testimony of Christ himself concerning his resurrection, as he said. So the question is, what did he say? I'm going to give you some scripture. You can jot them down, but they all say the same thing, that he was raised on the third day. For the sake of time, Matthew 16, 21, he would be raised on the third day. Matthew 17, 23, he would be raised on the third day. Matthew 20, 19, he would be raised on the third day. Matthew 26, 32, he would be raised on the third day. Mark 9, verse 9, speaks of the resurrection. John 2, verse 9, speaks of the resurrection. Acts 26, 22, and 23, speaks of the resurrection, being raised the third day. So here's the point. The person of truth said the resurrection would happen, and it happened, as he said. Matthew 26, verse 6. For nine times there, seven times, I'm sorry, seven times, Jesus said, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, same thing, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and it happened, just as he said. So write this down. If you'll remember what Christ has said about anything, the less you'll be surprised when what he says happens. If you'll remember what he says about anything, if he says, I'm coming again, whatever he says about anything, the less you'll be surprised when that happens, if you trust the person of truth. Remember, he said that he would be put to death, he said he would be buried, he said he would rise on the third day, he said he'd come forth from the grave, and he did, just as he said. So you have the definition of truth, you have the person of truth, and then you're going to have the return of truth. Number three, John 14, verses 1 through 3. 14, verses 1 through 3. Jesus said, you know, if I go away to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you're going to be also. The person of truth is coming back. And as we think of the conclusion, remember, there is truth, contrary to what some people believe. Truth is absolute. It's not, it, it's not relative. Secondly, the resurrection is truth. There's first century evidence to support the fact. There is zero evidence to support that the resurrection did not happen. And then third, one day Jesus Christ, the person of truth, will return for those who uniquely belong to him. So the question is, can you handle the truth? Andy Stanley said this, the son of Charles Stanley, and I'll quote. He said, my high school science teacher once told me that much of the book of Genesis is false. But since my high school science teacher did not prove he was God by rising from the dead, I'm going to believe what Jesus said. That's pretty good advice. Here's the point. Jesus said he'd die, 
He was crucified. He said he'd be buried. He was buried. He said he'd be raised on the third day. He was raised on the third day. John 14, 1 through 6, Jesus tells us that one day he's coming again. So the question is, are you ready for his return? Can you handle that truth? It can happen any day, as he said. So what are you going to do about it? You're going to deny the fact? You're going to say it's not so. You're going to ridicule the fact that he's not coming back. You're going to make fun, try to poke holes in it. Are you going to deceive yourself and say he's really not coming back? Are you going to kill the messenger that shares the messenger, that shares the message that one day he's coming back? Just remember this, an old expression said this, If God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. That's really not correct. The correct is... If God says it, then that settles it, whether I believe it or not. It's as he said. The truth of the matter is, if God said it, that settles it, whether you believe it or not. So this morning on Easter Sunday, can you handle the truth? You believe in the resurrection? You believe that Jesus died? You believe he was buried? You believe he was raised again? As he said, you believe that? Well, the same Jesus that said that and fulfilled those promises is the same Jesus that says one day he's coming back. Whether you believe it, it's irrelevant. It's, it's true. And let me encourage you, if you haven't, today, Easter Sunday, would be a great day to put your faith and trust in the one who said it the person of truth. That's Jesus Christ. Let's have a prayer together. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you've done for us on the cross and as you were buried and, Father, as you came forth from the grave, you ascended to the Father. You gave final instructions to your disciples for us to get the word out that one day, Father, you're coming back again. You gave us instructions on the gospel, that whoever believes the gospel, that you came and that you died on the cross for our sins, you were buried and that you rose again. Those who put their faith and trust in you and you alone will have eternal life. So I pray that you'll speak to each person here today. Those first who have never trusted you as Lord and Savior of their lives, I pray today that your Holy Spirit has touched their heart, Father, with the truth about Jesus. And Father, they would humble their heart, soften their heart this morning, humble their heart, that they would turn from whatever they're trusting in and turn to you. For, Lord, for their Lord, to be their Lord, to be their Savior. Thank you for what you're going to do in the hearts of people today. Father, I pray, Lord, that people would come today just in a renewed commitment. Maybe some would come want to unite with this church and serve here as we, Father, uh, follow you and serve you. And Father, I pray that you'll work in the people's hearts. Uh, Father, I've shared what you wanted me to share. And now, Father, it's, it's up to you to draw people to yourself. And I make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.